Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Market Bites podcast. I feel like I'm getting used to saying that correctly now. Uh, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert, who is in the same country as me today. We're not sat next to each other, but Josh, it's great to have you back in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in your digs today, Sam. Um, we, uh, we did actually have this conversation the other day, didn't we? We said that we probably need to do a podcast together, but... Then we kind of thought, well, I'm not sure how we'd probably do it in the uh, in the same room. So maybe one day we might, when we come over again next, we might just you know, hire a little podcast studio, maybe, and uh, do a do a. We like proper podcasters, then if we don't already. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was yeah, like you said, the other the other day we said, well, to be honest, if we did do it sat next to each other with one mic, it would, <laughs> it would look a little bit weird. And if Bearing we had two the mic. mic yeah we'd have to mute one while using the other as well if we had to so yeah no it's uh it's one in the same country which for those watching on, on youtube um is is good enough i'm sure uh we've we've had a, a pretty interesting week actually haven't we we were at a very interesting uh and useful client event on tuesday uh with our diamond clients or some of the diamond clients that we have um in london which was Really, really good event. Um, you were on the panel with with JP and, and Cali, our Dutch and uh, American analyst. Ben did a talk. Gil Shapiro did a talk as well. It was, uh, it was a really good event. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those types of events are always good. You know, get back out, meet some of the uh, the Digest and Invest listeners as well. Um, and yeah, we had our sort of first analyst on site. So all of our global analysts from around the world, including myself from obviously Australia. Uh, sort of got together and it's great to, to sort of show off our um our analyst prowess if you like in terms of in terms of our team um and uh you know it is a great team we're, we're based all across europe uh, obviously me uh across of australia and, and obviously the us as well so to have everyone here is a, is a pretty big feat to do it's not easy so a uh, big shout out to ben laidler and, and gil yes. shapiro and and uh, mr matty allen as well for for organizing that um and uh yeah hope many more to come yeah, yeah, big shout out to Matty. Matty, it was great to to have you here in London. Um, and big plans, big collaborations between all the different analysts in, in uh have been planned up as well. So that'd be that'd be good. Um I mean, for, for anyone listening to this that has an a, an account manager, do reach out to them, depending where you are, and say, look, come do a session here 
in whatever city or or whatever it might be would be more than happy to to look into doing that um and and i guess now is a good good point because we had obviously all these meetings as you said we can just go into a little bit more detail about the plans for the digest and invest umbrella so with your stock breaks josh well what's the the sort of the plan for that how often are we looking to to produce those is it any companies in particular how are you looking to do that also, yeah, I guess, you know, the, the first thing that people might have realized is that we have had a bit of a bit of a rebrand or a mm-hmm. bit of a change to the Digest and Invest. So rather than just the sort of standard Digest and Invest where obviously me and Sam obviously cover the the three sort of main topics of the week, um, we that is obviously now Market Bytes. We're looking to sort of try and offer, you know, as much more information to you as we possibly can so one of those is is through stock break where i take a obviously a publicly listed company we go from the top down uh, so we look at its mm-hmm. history we look at how it's it's performed recently we look at exactly how it makes its money we look at management uh, we break down financials we go through margins we go through revenues we go through profitability we go through financial ratios uh, and then we're going to go through uh, some of the risks that are there uh, what's ahead for it opportunity wise and then finally we're going to give you uh the valuation in terms of a, a bit of an outlook to the future you know what could happen if you know if x y and z happen uh, and then also we're going to give you a bit of a nice summary on on that stock so it sounds like a lot of information but we're going to keep it to between sort of 20 and 25 minutes really condensed really quick but also trying to sort of cram in as much information uh, as we can in that time. So, you know, so far we've done uh, we've done Alphabet, we've done Tesla. Uh, both of them were, were both two great stocks to cover. Um, next up, we're going to have Netflix as well. I think another really interesting stock mm. um, that's had plenty going on in the last sort of two years. Uh, and it's one of those. If there's a stock that you know the, you know you want to see, you know, let us know. We're, we're both on Twitter. Um, you know, send us a tweet, send us uh, send us a private message, and we'll happily we'll happily cover any particular stock. So yeah, that is stock break, um, and it hopes just to give you all the information you need about particular companies uh, before you invest. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And, and obviously, this is market bites where traditionally we'll do three of the main topics. We'll meet up earlier in the week, discuss what we want to talk about. Uh, and then deliver that on a Wednesday and release that in the evening or on Thursday or whatever. Um, however, this week we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to talk about our first trades, our first investments, our best, our worst, how we got into it all, um, which will hopefully shed some more light on how our experience has led to us doing this. For Trade Talks, which is another part of the Digest and Invest umbrella, is focusing on a certain event in that week and how people may look to trade it. So we've done non-farm payrolls, we've done the PCE, US inflation, UK retail sales, you know, what are traders looking at? What do they need to focus on? What could move markets? What are the correlations at play? How could this affect what the central bank thinks? All of these kind of uh, factors to consider and then looking at the charts as well to decide where are the key levels. If X happens, where on the chart could that move? So that's trade talks there. And I'm sure many people have seen the conversations with leaders. Um, so different uh, leaders uh, financially worldwide, sports players too, uh, CEOs of companies. Uh, we we do like a 25, 30 minute conversation with them. So same kind of thing. Trade talks, if there's an event that you want, maybe it's just an earnings report. Let us know if there's certain people that you want us to interview on conversations with leaders. Let us know as well. So, yeah, we've got a lot coming. And then there's also 
more stuff in the pipeline, as mentioned, with the collaborations between the different analysts and then also courses. Um, okay, Josh, what's got us to where we are right now? And and for you, we'll we'll get started with the question: How did you get into markets? Because actually, just before that, we were we were having a, a drink yesterday, watching uh, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Uh, and I, while I took the piss out of you on on Tuesday about supporting Liverpool, I'm not going to do that now. But in the build up to that, we were talking about how we played football, and you know, you were sort of on the books at Argyle. You're doing stuff with Bolton and, and and stuff like that. And and obviously, people will know that I played a bit of football as well, Fulham and Reading you know, our route to where we are now is probably not too traditional. So how did you get to where you are right now in that seat in London? Uh, yeah, big question. I, I think <laughs> probably like most people, they would say they maybe had a little bit of luck along the way. Mm. Um, I am probably quite fortunate to have had a little bit of luck as well. But I also think in life, you do you do make your own luck as well. Um, how I got here, so I initially started working at uh, sort of a boutique um, investment management firm, um, sort of straight out of, of college, really, when I was sort of 18, um, quite quickly went into um, relationship management, then sort of straight through to um, things like trading desk, etc. Um, and I sort of really did quite, quite quickly find a passion for it. It mm. was one of those, uh, I think, you know, um, areas that if you do like it, you do like it. If you don't, you're really not going to get on with it. Um, yeah. And uh, I think it, it has very similar. Um, uh, you know, I think we can compare football and fi- finance quite closely. I think sometimes. Yeah. And again, I, I you know I thrive off um, you know something that happens you know every day. It's never the same in financial markets, and and I would say it's the same with football. You're never going to get a football match that ever happens uh, the same, really. Uh, and and I really like that. So for me, it was that buzz. Uh, it was that sort of in just that excitement. Everything's sort of changing all the time. Then um, after sort of four or five years here in um, here in the UK, decided to sort of move over to to Australia, and uh, that's sort of where I found my feet with Etoro, and sort of moved a little bit more in towards sort of market analysis, um, where I've sort of really found my feet, and uh, that's what's got me here to today in, into this seat. So yeah, that's me. Um, what about you? You, you you have the same route as me or is it slightly different not too dissimilar i think it was quite interesting we obviously both grew up and we probably wanted to at some point be a professional footballer uh for me i, I kind of fell out of love with the game um i don't unfortunately get to blame a bad knee on not being picked or anything like that um but uh, i went to university and you know because i just thought hang on i need a degree here something to fall back on did sports science, however, very quickly knew it wasn't going to be for me, but I really liked the sports psychology route. Uh, and my dad worked in in the city and for himself for a number of years and, and knew a couple of people who set up a trading firm. So he was like, go there, learn how to trade, see if you like it kind of thing. And I, I did that. And like you just said there, maybe had a little bit of luck along the way, but there's a really good quote. And I'm sure many people that are into their golf will have heard of, of Gary Player um and his quote is the more i practice the luckier i get so you know there is obviously an element okay yeah we got a bit lucky but maybe we didn't maybe we put the graft in and and you know maybe we can give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back uh but uh yeah no i started trading there had beginners luck carried on there did you know opened a sort of mutual fund with a, a colleague of mine we traded i went back to this this prop firm and mentored and 
help trade um, or um, you know train people up to trade, risk manage, mentored, and and did that for about five six years before coming to eToro. So I think between yourself and I, we, we've got quite a few bases covered there. Um, the next question for us to go to uh, is our first trade and first investment. Um, so you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to be great decisions but i think for a lot of people that are getting into markets it will be uh, the next sort of couple of questions will be quite interesting for them to compare uh, along the way so josh whether it be your first trade or your first investment what was it um i think my first trade i think would have probably been a, a spread bet maybe on um maybe the FTSE or the dax i was a big fan of the dax the widow maker um, yeah yeah back when i was in um uh, when I was in based in the UK, um, I think it was obviously. I think I think the, the the higher numbers used to excite me a bit more. But no, it was <laughs> it was it was it was a bit more volatile. I think when I was, um, you know, going back six seven years ago, than than certainly the FTSE was. So I think it used to give me a little bit more excitement to to sort of trade that. So that was probably I reckon one of the first trades, first investments. I think it would have been an ETF. I think it was actually an emerging markets ETF. Um, Reason for that? Uh, I think, I think, I think I found the the FTSE a little bit boring. Um, <laughs> I think, I think at the time I remember thinking that okay, you sort of, and I think when you first start, you do sometimes think okay, you maybe miss the opportunity with mm. sort of maybe UK stocks or with US stocks. Obviously, as you go over time um within within the industry you realize that you know that's absolutely not true and uh, the longer you're in markets the uh, you know the, the better you'll serve uh, but i think that i sort of felt that if i looked to emerging markets given that it is emerging there would be more opportunity there and given mm. that i you know didn't have a, a didn't know a lot about maybe you know japan taiwan or or you know china even uh, i just felt like an etf was was the right way to go um I think it actually turned out to be a pretty good investment in the end. Um, he, uh, so I think I was, you know, quite clever in, in doing that. But uh, yeah, those were probably my sort of first real sort of trades. I think, um, yeah, the, the the DAX definitely. And I, I remember trading sort of like certain events quite heavily. Yeah. Um, I think it was the first time uh, maybe Trump got elected. 2016. Um, yeah, I remember sort of trading around those sorts of time. That was quite interesting, you know, on the on the Dow and um, and the Nasdaq, of course, as well. So yeah, I, I would probably say yeah, mostly it would be uh, on indices before you know, stocks or even forex or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, my my first trade on the sim was a long S and P five hundred. So when I got into trading, we would trade a multi asset group of of uh, of markets. So the S and P five hundred. Uh, Euro stocks, which is like the boring DAX, uh, because I was told the DAX is the widow maker. You trade that, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna lose very quickly. So Euro stocks moves in, you know, very good correlation with the DAX, but a lot slower and smoother. So S and P, Euro stocks. There's also the Euro against the dollar, pound against the dollar, oil and gold. Uh, my first ever live, actually, and the Bund as well. My first ever live trade was short the Bund for nine ticks on the futures and that would have it, it came to 90 euros but i couldn't sit still i was running around my house <laughs> at the time i was so so nervous um and, and took the trade off way earlier than i i intended to and it would have obviously gone on 
uh, and uh, won a little bit more. So that all was the preparation a, before before going yeah. in just goes completely out the window. A hundred percent. I just couldn't sit still. Um, it's, it's quite funny actually thinking back to when I started trading. I like I said, I had beginners luck, and I obviously did start very well and made money uh, a lot quicker than maybe the average person would have. But when I think back, or when I used to think back to when I was at the beginning, I thought I must have, you know, I really did very well in those first couple of weeks trading on the sim. And a few years ago, I looked back at my my statement from the first week I traded on the sim because we were sent those out via a PDF, and I was expecting to see, you know, up a, you know, up a few hundred. I was down thirty three thousand in that first week, and I kind of just blanked it out. Uh, the reason for that. For any oil traders, you'll know the the Department of Energy crude oil inventory release comes out on a Wednesday, uh, and I traded that with with many many contracts, really big size, and and lost. Uh, but yeah, seems to have gone to the back of my mind there. Um, first investment, my my old man sat me down and said, "Look, here are here are three, um, or actually I said here are two um, indice ETFs to, to to get involved in the spy." Uh, and also uh, one that was sort of representing the the FTSE. So those were the two. But I was very much like you. FTSE was so boring <laughs> in comparison to what was out there. So I'm not still holding that uh, to this day. Although, of course, recently did just hit an all-time high. Um, next up then, and we can split this into to two again, best and worst investment and best and worst trade you don't have to give us the, the monetary figure uh it could just be how it affected your emotions or just percentage gains but are there any that you know that stick out for you I've, i think i feel like i've got some good ones here for both good and bad yeah um, which is good to cover because you know we, we're not perfect and no one's perfect in and, and also that's good. a good point right because i think you know, when people do get into trading, they 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 look at some people and think, oh, my God, they would never, ever make a mistake or they would never have a losing trade. Losing is part of it. It mm-hmm. really, really is. It's just controlling that, uh, you know, once you get to a point of consistency. But, yeah, what, what are the ones that stick out for you? Uh, well, let's start with the best ones and we'll yes. just put, put myself on a pedestal for us before we put me down. <laughs> um, best, I think uh, there's a couple that stand out. Um, probably the best, maybe Tesla. Uh, back mm. in 2019, um, uh, can't say it was sort of anything particularly to do with me where I found it. I read a lot of news, um, mm. spoke to a few friends, then obviously did research, realized I, I sort of quite liked it. Yeah. Probably sold it too early, similar to sort of what you said. Yeah. Um, but before then buying back in, uh, maybe some of the other ones. I think one of the ones I'm probably most proud of is is Apple back in 2020, um, under $100 a share. Um, when post, but sort of post that post pandemic dip, yeah, yeah, post pandemic, I just thought, you know, this, this, and still lives true to this day. You know, this company is just, we're not buying right now, but guess what? In two years' time, we're absolutely going to, and that's exactly what sort of happened. So, uh, that was, you know, really uh, proud of myself for sort of doing that in the moment when uh, everyone's sort of going a bit crazy. Um, had a few as well, I would say. Um, airliners and things like that mm. i picked up um uk based iag picked that up at a nice price over the pandemic boeing as well so i think some of those are other than probably in terms of the standout names yeah i've had a good good few names on the australia market i, I think bhp was probably a good one and for me in the last sort of 12 months um you know really been rewarded in the terms of dividends um 
over the last 12 months. And obviously, iron ore prices have, have sort of done really well. Uh, so, yeah, look, I mean, in terms of their dividend payout, it's more than rewarded. And I think if you look across Rio Tinto and those sorts of names in the last sort of six to 12 months, you, you would have been rewarded absolutely. And then the bad ones. Um, this and- is what we all want to hear. But the thing is that you can have some great trades, but your bad trades are always going to be so much worse than your good <laughs> investments. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, buy now, pay later stocks uh, mm. in Australia. I've had yeah. some really bad ones of those. Um, I mean, I sold it a long time ago, but one of the companies that I did own um, recently just collapsed. Um, but I sold that beforehand. Um, meme stocks. I got caught up a little bit in it um, at the time. Looking back, obviously, very silly. Um, I had managed to sort of sell a few of them, really, uh, sort of kind of minor, minor losses. Mm. There was one I kept hold of, and I think it is down about 97% or something ridiculous. Um, but again, that's just that, that sort of part of me where we go back to what we were sort of saying earlier in terms of that excitement and, yeah. you know, that little bit. You've always got to sort of, and I think we mentioned it maybe sort of a week or two ago, you've always sort of got to have, I think, well, not always, but for me, I personally, as part of my portfolio, always sort of kind of like to have those those outliers or 100%. that that sort of risk part of my portfolio. And it's only a very small allocation. Yeah, yeah that's the key um, thing. And, and it's the, and it's the, and it's the capital that I put into it that I'm willing to lose. I'm putting that capital in and I'm fully aware that that investment could get down to 98% and exactly what it has done. And, yeah. and if that does happen, you have to accept that. And I think that is part of, of investing. Sometimes you're going to get them that win. Sometimes they're not going to win. Um, then that leads us on to, to crypto as well. I've had some, some, some bad ones in there as well. So, um, I've had some I've had some bad ones in crypto, but I've also had some really really good ones. Same with stocks, same as with investments. So it can be pretty broad, um, but yeah, they always tend to fit. They it always tend to hurt more when you lose than it does tend to feel good if you win because it yeah. kind of feels like that's what you should do. But yeah, there, there is actually a name for that, isn't it? Some sort of a, a something effect where mm. the pain of a loss massively outweighs a win, and it actually gets to the point of a winning trade where you don't feel any more. Uh, sort of satisfaction in it i'll have to google that after uh for me best trades uh well i'll start actually off with best investment i think you know going back to what my dad made me do in in 2014 every single month invest in these without fail even if it's just 50 pound keep putting it in uh and then every 10 percent drop in the market i'd get in a lump sum if it ever did 20 percent, i'd get even in an even bigger sum so for, for investing in the SPY, that's that's hands down, monetary-wise, the biggest sort of investments that I've made in, in terms of really good trades. Because, you know, for the first, other than investing every month, the first six years of my uh, financial market career was was day trading or swing trading. And um, I made, uh, I remember during the pandemic, um, you know, I, I'm quite a patient trader. I use fundamental and technical analysis linked in together probably you know I, I, I would say i need two technical reasons to enter trade and i like to go with the overall trend of the market so the pandemic happened um or beginning of the pandemic market pushed lower it then recovered a little bit and the dow jones went to a you know i can't remember the exact handle but it was a something thousand handle it was also the 50 percent fib it was also a previous low and i got in short there and wrote it 
uh, way back down to a new low, which was, you know, really, really good trade. And then another really good one was actually the S&P when it started to recover. It, it, for those people that sort of followed it at the time, there's a trend channel. It went back into that and I rode that to to new all-time highs. And, you know, there's there's a saying, I think we either mentioned it on the podcast not long ago, about you know, sometimes you only need a couple of home runs and that yeah. for traders could be a year or in an investing career, right? You know, if you look at someone say 20 years ago that invested in Apple or Amazon or Monster, they're absolutely laughing now. Um, and, you know, you're just mentioning there about some of those losing trades. I, I think you've got to have the option to have a couple of percent or 0.5% in these stocks because if they do pull off all these crypto uh, you know, assets, then you're you're absolutely laughing. And like you said, you're willing for them not to work because the reward is so good. Uh, for me, worst trades, um, I think I can't remember the exact year, but I'm going to go for something like 2017 or 18, the euro pound um, hit a new multi-year high. Uh, and I bought it. It almost, it like broke a previous high that I hadn't had for so, for so long, bought it. And I, it, it may have been, the very highest price <laughs> it just went lower and lower and lower and i couldn't believe it actually it wasn't a massive massive loss but psychologically knowing that i was that idiot that bought the very very top of the market that hurt a little bit um i've had times when you know the first real time that i experienced incredible volatility trading live was uh, in 2018 back in january there was a non-farm payroll report so actually beginning of feb uh, and it probably indicated to the market that hang on the fed are gonna have to start hiking here you know we had this loose monetary policy for so long and this report showed you know solid uh employment wages were going up okay let's control this markets went crazy liquidity uh was really really fit in the market and uh, i was i was working uh at the time staying late because there was so much opportunity and, and did a trade great trade um however i realized that it was on someone else's account so at work i would link my personal trading account to the work ones uh and i was kind of pissed off with that so i went home and thought well hang on i'm owed a bit of money here trade lost okay okay well i'm now owed double money got in again lost and another one and then i thought right i'm getting in bigger size than i ever have in my life and by the way the market was moving just you know it's doing sort of like a thousand points in you know five ten minutes it was absolutely mental and you know, my brother at the time, I remember he said, Sam, uh, dinner's ready. And I couldn't eat. I was like, I was pale. I was lost all my appetite and the market was going against me. And and I didn't have a stop loss on. And I, I was, and if, if it had gone a fair bit lower, to be fair, but it, it would have blown my account up. And, I, and at that time, I would have accepted it. It went back to exactly where I got in and I got out. But I, I probably didn't trade again for about three, four weeks, just out yeah. of like fear and punishment for doing something so stupid. Um, but uh, it was a good lesson, I guess, at the same time. And, and like you have had, you know, bad in, individuals like some cannabis stocks, um, you know, that have, have you know, not worked. I remember uh, we both had serious minerals and actually yeah. the cannabis stock as well was from a friend saying, oh, David Beckham's just got involved with this cannabis stock. I'm going to put in five grand. I thought, oh, hang on, I don't want to. I don't want to see you win you know, multi hundred <laughs> thousands and me not. So I put in like a grand and within um, <laughs> like four weeks, it, it was down 90, 95%. Um, so we all make mistakes and, and it's a learning curve, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. You said about the, um, 
the, the currency trade a moment ago because I had something quite similar with the with the pound Aussie. Yeah. And I when I first got to um, when I first got to Australia with eToro and I I thought I knew it very well. Right? I'd been watching the currency a lot yeah. over the last twelve to eighteen months, given that I was transferring a lot of capital in and out between the countries and I thought I knew it. COVID came. I think we were trading around sort of sort of 190 and we hadn't hit the $2 mark mm. for, for a long time. And I can remember when it got to 190, I thought we're never going to get to, or never going to get to two. And I shorted it. And it obviously, so that was a new high for however long it was for a new high. And mine was the complete opposite. It continued to go up. Right? <laughs> so you'd obviously bought yours and then it went down. I thought this, no way this is going up. We're going to hit some resistance here. It went straight through resistance yeah. Um, went up past sort of, you know, um, went up past sort of two quid or, or whatever it was. And then probably two weeks later, just absolutely plummeted. But by that point, yeah. there was absolutely no chance I was, I was sort of getting into it, but that's where sometimes, uh, you know, you are a little bit unlucky because I sort of, I kind of did read the trade, right. But I read it completely wrong at the same time. So. Yeah. Well, and you can get massive and lucky. And actually I was short oil a couple of weeks ago technical level nice playing the range trade back down to the lows of the year it is in profit for about two weeks it was probably then about a, a buck so 100 ticks away from my profit target it reversed for a few days it stopped me out to the tick and then has now obviously gone and made a new low for the year so it'd have been if you know like i said it would have been it wasn't i lost the trade but it was so unlucky so close to my target initially then it stopped me out and then went exactly where I thought it would and more. Um, but as long as you, I think, keep that discipline, keep that risk management, make sure your losses are contained. It is what it is, really. Yeah. You know, and, and also actually on those, you know, those losses that we've talked about, you know, where we've been down 90 percent, 95 percent. You know, there is still a chance, by the way, in the future that they do recover. And actually, you know, some of my mistakes have been when I've got into a position, it hasn't gone well initially, and I've got out too early, only to then go and see it do well. So, you know, there was someone, I think, at the, you know, the the event sort of talking about, oh, should I, you know, still be in this position? Should I get out? And we're like, well, hang, you know, was your plan to hold from, uh, you know, a number of years? If so, if nothing's changed, then, you know, there's no reason to sell it. Whereas if it's, okay, I was holding for the next month, then it's a different story. So. Yeah. I think sticking to the plan is 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 very very key and and you know those are things i'm sure many people are realizing as they go through their investing journey um if we can time travel and speak to ourselves when we first got in what would what would be what would be your advice to a young younger josh gilbert mine would be what exactly what you did just start investing in the s p 500 i wish i had mm my old man or my mum tell me to sort of do the same thing i think growing up my um my sort of parents were were i wouldn't say financially unsavvy because my parents were sort of very good with money but uh, it, it was more in the sense that zero risk right zero mm. you know in the bank whatever interest you know they would get paid no investment outside of that all of it just simply in there or actually i think i did invest money back in the day it was in premium bonds there's nothing wrong with that no of course yeah it is still an investment um but so i was trying it was stepping stones you know it was stepping stones to sort of get there but it wasn't until uh, you know i really sort of broke through into the financial industry uh, even though when i first got in i still didn't really invest as much as i should have done you know yeah. because i probably started back in 
maybe 2017, maybe earlier 2016. And I think back if I would have bought some some of the stocks, you know, that, that I own now back then, um, you know, or even the S&P 500, like you say. Uh, so I think the big thing is is, is time in the market. And, and the, you know, the earlier that you can get in and the earlier that you can start investing £50. Because also I think for me, I also felt that that £50 being invested maybe at the time, it's not really yeah, worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it really is. And, and I think that's really important. We talk about compounding. We talk about maybe £500 a year, whatever that might be, whatever you can afford to invest, um, you know, split savings, split what you need to pay for bills. And then if you do have something over left at the end of the month, you know, find an index tracker, find an ETF yeah. that, that you can sort of park that capital away in. Because, yes, by the end of the year, you might only have £200 in there. But come six or seven years later, you know, you'll be doing what we do now and saying, you know, I do really appreciate <laughs> for, for sort of doing that. So I think that's quite a key one and maybe quite an obvious one. I think one thing for myself, maybe not advice, but maybe advice to other people, which I, I think would be good, is try to educate as many people around you as you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't think there was probably enough of a conversation in terms of when I was growing up about it. I think these days markets retail investors it's a much bigger conversation from when me and you sort of came through 2020 i think really brought that through but if you can have one conversation with one person whether that's someone in your family whether that's a friend and you can sort of help them to get into financial markets i mean the best way to do that would be to recommend them digest and invest um but uh, yeah have those conversations have an open network you know that's exactly what what etoro is about right it's a social network we want people to collaborate and we ultimately believe that the more conversations that people can have the more open we can be um you know the markets are accessible to everyone Uh, and you know investing together is more powerful than investing by yourself 100 percent, i echo all of that i really do i mean it's quite funny this you know a few over the last sort of couple of months where i've met up with with friends and you know they've got their workplace pensions and so on but I, i speak to them about you know, investing and um, I sh- I sh- you mentioned compound and I showed them the co- just typing on Google compound interest calculator and what, you know, investing, say, hundred dollars, hundred pounds, hundred euros a month does for 20 to 25 years. And look, bear in mind, we, we know the stock market average returns is about 10 percent. So I say to them, you know what, let's just do eight percent. Let's say you actually over the next 25 years, you make less than the historical average and then look at that number. And then do do it 30 years and then add instead of 100, do 200. You know, and some of these people I speak to are incredibly successful. And, mm. and actually, it wouldn't be 200 a month they'd be doing. It'd be close to two grand. And then every time I get on the train or go home, they message me later, go, Sam, can you send me that compound interest calculator? It's almost like crack. They see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just need to realize that patience and time in the market is what it's all about because like you said if you think if i what's the point of me investing 50 quid Mm. 10 percent of 50 quid 55 like 55 pounds i don't want anything what's that gonna do um but so for me it would be uh you know i was very lucky that i i invest started investing when i did and how i often i did it it would be obviously invest more it would also be to invest bigger when the market drops significantly have some conviction yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. if, if if the market dropped 10% in the next month, I've got a pot waiting. Yeah, yeah. And it could go another 10% and I get in more if I've got the money at the time. I, it just, yeah. you know, I, I just would. And it, it's a weird way. If I was close to retirement, obviously, I'm not wanting that. Uh, but I think building up a pot to then invest 
upon a big drop is is great. I mean, generation opportunity, COVID, you know, generational opportunity to buy certain stocks in, you know, 2009, the market is nowhere near the coronavirus low. It's nowhere near the 666 low of the S&P 500 in 2009. So, um, you know, stock markets for the most part are designed to go up um, and, you know, might take a little bit of time, but that dollar cost averaging approach, you know, if you are buying lower down, it's not the end of the world, is it? Um, look, we'll wrap it there. Um, I could actually talk about um, all the losing trades I've had for another podcast, <laughs> but um, uh, I hope people found that that useful. And if there are any other subjects people want us to discuss, or people we want to get you want to get on the podcast to discuss all of that, we can do so. Josh, um, I think you're flying back Sunday to us. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, back to the to the Holy Land on Sunday. Yeah, still a little bit of sun out there, I'm sure. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, 33 degrees so yeah still a little bit out there so trying uh trying to catch a little bit more the summer's over now so i think we're heading into maybe autumn so um catch a catch a little bit of sun before it ends yeah well hopefully things get a little bit warmer here as well uh josh has always been a pleasure that's been a pleasure and uh yeah thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoy the, the new digest and invest podcast format let us know if there's anything you want to see as we say absolutely guys trade safely you have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.